Section 64 of the Kerner Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Report of the National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders. Kerner Commission Report. Supplement on Control of Disorder. Coordinating the Control Response. Part 1 prompt and efficient response to a civil disorder requires full cooperation and coordination of all groups public and private that may be involved in overall control activities only proper planning can ensure this response the degree of coordination necessary and obtainable will vary with the type of agency or group involved particularly private groups but a basic requirement is an allocation of duties and responsibilities plus an effective command structure. The necessary planning is both vertical and horizontal in nature. Horizontal planning involves coordination among government agencies and private groups within a city or community, intra-city planning, among neighboring jurisdictions, including city and counties, intercity planning, and among states, interstate planning. Vertical planning involves coordination at the state, local, and federal state levels. The primary responsibility for coordinated planning rests with state and local government. This portion of the report considers areas where coordinated planning is necessary and suggests guidelines for solutions. Horizontal coordination and planning. Intercity coordinated planning. For effective control of civil disorder, planning must include at least the basic city agencies, police, fire, courts, involved in control activities. Enlightened planning will also use the personnel and resources of all government agencies, together with groups of private citizens that may be helpful in restoring and maintaining order. 1. Government Agencies and Private Groups Commission studies reveal that most of the police departments surveyed have made some arrangements with other government agencies for a working relationship during a period of civil disorder. Nearly all of the departments have made arrangements with fire departments. Fewer but still a clear majority have made agreements with public transportation agencies, courts, detention personnel, probation and parole officers, human relations commissions, and departments controlling streets, lights, signs, and signals. Although these percentages indicate a degree of planning by most cities, there is little excuse for a lack of coordinated planning among these basic agencies in any city. More important, the true degree of coordination cannot be determined without evaluating the precise type of arrangements in use. Certain responses indicated cooperative arrangements but to be effective, planning must involve firm coordination, not merely vague cooperation. Our survey indicates that cities and police departments have not planned to make full use of the resources of various private groups and agencies that can contribute to both prevention and control of disorders. Of the 26 police departments reporting information in this area, 11 plan to use church groups, 7 plan to use youth service agencies or groups, Ten have arrangements to obtain food and shelter from private sources. Three plan to use personnel resources of watch services and private guard services. Twelve plan to utilize the services of social service agencies. 
and fifteen contemplate the use of personnel resources of police community relations councils the commission recommends that all cities that have not already done so should devise plans that coordinate all government agencies involved in control activities it is the responsibility of mayors and other elected officials to assume the initiative in instituting such planning and carrying it to a satisfactory conclusion such plans should also include to the fullest extent possible all private groups and agencies that may be directly affected by the disorder or that can make a positive contribution to control naturally such planning will be less formal and it should be sufficiently flexible to adapt to changing leadership of these groups the government agencies and private groups to be covered by the planning include police departments including police community relations units fire departments ambulance services detention facilities courts legal aid services probation and parole services city or county human relations commissions public and private transportation systems public and private utilities public health departments hospitals sanitation departments telephone companies news media municipal works civil defense agencies private guard services youth service groups service agencies churches social workers community action agencies poverty program workers and others coordinated planning should take into account the organization manpower and resources made available to state and local government for civil defense purposes under the federal civil defense act of nineteen fifty as amended those resources include emergency control centers communications equipment emergency power sources special rescue equipment and various trained reserve personnel the office of civil defense ocd reports that more than one hundred and eighty four thousand volunteer reserve police one hundred and seventy two thousand reserve firemen and one hundred and seventy six thousand rescue personnel have been trained through the civil defense program furthermore at least two thousand seventy six political jurisdictions have established emergency operating centers with an additional 547 in the process of construction or completion. Although the federal government provides equipment and funds to develop these resources, they belong to the states and local jurisdictions. They must be integrated into planning on a state or local level. Office of Civil Defense Regulations authorize state and local governments to use such resources in time of an emergency whether caused by attack a natural disaster or a civil disorder however because of the need for police forces specially trained for riot control operations local officials should carefully evaluate the state of training of any civil defense trained personnel to be used as police if such training is inadequate for actual control operations the men could be assigned to guard vital installations or other positions in order to release active duty police for control operations in the past it has not been clear whether equipment marked with civil defense insignia is available for use during a civil disorder the commission understands that the ocd is reviewing its regulations and if necessary will revise them to ensure that this equipment will be fully available 
we recommend that the ocd ensure that the applicable rules and regulations are disseminated to all responsible state and local officials the commission further recommends that not only should all concerned agencies and groups be integrated into disorder control plans but they should be involved also to the fullest extent possible in the planning process itself as brigadier general harris w hollis director of operations office of the deputy chief of staff for military operations testified the very process of involving all responsible officials in this planning process creates an awareness of common problems and assures that principal officials will know their counterparts in other government agencies and permits major policy questions to be addressed and resolved without the air of crisis which prevails after a riot breaks out effective control operations require a specific and well-defined chain of command planning must clearly set out this command structure and provide adequate mechanism for communication of orders in accordance with traditional concepts of government the mayor or other top city official must be in overall command because of the need for clear command authority existing organizations and procedures of participating agencies should be reviewed to identify command weakness and to pinpoint any defects in routine operations that could be disastrous during emergency conditions all plans should be tested in training exercises at a minimum exercises should include checks of the command structure and communications finally provision should be made to upgrade the plans periodically in order to take into account changed conditions or to incorporate new control equipment and techniques into the procedures after a plan has been formulated and implemented steps must be taken to assure that all participating units are aware of their responsibilities under the plan the plan should be set out in manual form and made available to all participating agencies except for strictly confidential portions the plan should also be made public the public has a right to know what to expect from government during a disorder as well as what the government expects from the public major or prolonged disorders may cause severe shortages of food medical supplies and even housing in the areas directly affected local and state planning must include means to supply on an emergency basis these basic human needs two selected community and youth groups two groups may be extremely useful in control activities and in the prevention of civil disorders a community groups already involved in government or police department activities through various police community relations programs as for example the police community relations councils set up in many cities the value of these groups was cited by one police chief who reported that during a disorder members of a neighborhood improvement group that had previously been meeting with police community relations people took to the streets and successfully persuaded parents to keep youths off the streets and in their homes improper planning led to an instance where an agency issued passes to certain individuals who were to attempt to cool a situation and who were themselves arrested by the police for apparent involvement in the disorder all groups with the potential to help should be included in the planning process to ensure that their views and 
judgments are respected and used by the planning agencies to the fullest extent possible they cannot be expected to participate effectively in control activities if they are called upon for help only after trouble has broken out b youth groups evidence developed to date shows that youths are the main participants in a typical disorder especially in the early stages and are the principal source of energy for many of the disorders in detroit for example preliminary evidence shows that fifty to sixty per cent of the persons arrested during the riot were under twenty-five years of age in the nineteen sixty five watts riot final records of all arrests reveal that forty five per cent of those arrested were under twenty-five several cities have urged groups of negro youths to assist police and others in the control of civil disorders in tampa florida and dayton ohio they were called white hats their use has generated widespread publicity as well as debate on their effectiveness the tampa white hats were organized during the tampa disorder by three negro adults a doctor a policeman and the head of the tampa human relations commission the county sheriff gave the youths permission to patrol the riot area and later furnished them with white helmets for identification the youths who were recruited from active participants in the riot patrolled the riot area particularly during a period when law enforcement officers were pulled out this group has since been disbanded in dayton ohio the youth dayton police also referred to as the white hat patrol was organized by a negro state legislator many of the youths involved had criminal records and once again were potential rioters in the june nineteen sixty seven disorder in dayton the white hat patrol helped persuade other youths to stop disorderly behavior and was influential in getting them off the streets there are however conflicting reports on the effectiveness of these groups the director of the tampa commission on community relations an organizer of the tampa white hats claims that they were very effective in restoring law and order in tampa extensive publicity in national media echoed this assessment on the other hand certain police officials have minimized the importance of the tampa white hats they claim that views were used only after the disorder had peaked and the riot was waning or after police measures had taken effect the same officials have said that they would be reluctant to utilize such groups primarily because of the vigilante aspect of their activities the commission still lacks conclusive evidence on whether youth groups like the white hats can be effectively utilized in all instances to help control disorders types of disorders and youths as well as the quality of leadership are hardly standardized but the fact is they have been used with at least some degree of effectiveness the commission therefore recommends that intra-city planning give attention to the possibility of using youth groups in control activities this planning must be highly flexible to cope with the changing leadership of these groups a delicate balance must be struck between working with and against youth groups both courses carry implicit dangers working too closely with them can ultimately reduce their effectiveness since they may become too closely identified with the establishment but placing the establishment in direct opposition to them may itself contribute to a disorder or at least galvanize hostility during a disorder intercity planning 
control of a major civil disorder will generally require resources beyond the capabilities of local government one response to this problem is to seek state aid the other is to obtain additional manpower equipment and services from neighboring communities by means of pre-existing plans or agreements often referred to as mutual aid pacts we here explore the latter alternative a variety of mutual assistance pacts are already in existence primarily in the fields of fire protection water supply and sewage disposal the agreements range from the simple exchange of information to elaborate procedures covering all municipal services mutual assistance agreements for police services in emergency situations are less common and are generally on an informal basis a study of twenty six major police departments revealed that ten had no written mutual aid agreements for control of civil disorders twelve had informal agreements and only four had formal agreements some departments also said that they had made arrangements to borrow various items of equipment from neighboring jurisdictions if these figures are typical of the entire country it is plain that many cities are either overlooking or rejecting a potentially useful source of additional manpower and resources for the control of disorders mutual assistance pacts have these advantages over obtaining help from the state help may arrive much more rapidly repeated use of state police or national guard forces may reduce or eliminate their psychological value police officers from nearby communities may be more effective because they are familiar with local geographic and sociological patterns agreements may lead to increased cooperation and coordination of activities in other fields and the additional funds personnel and equipment for riot control can be utilized by local police departments in both emergency and ordinary operations rather than diverting these resources to state forces established solely or primarily for the control of disorders there are also certain disadvantages in mutual assistance agreements riot control requires unit operations much like those used by the military not the individual approach characteristic of normal police work police community relations may be so bad in an area that only outsiders not neighbors can cool the situation units may have an important psychological effect on rioters and may be more effective because of their training police departments in adjoining communities may differ widely in quality of personnel and the lower quality departments tend to dilute the effectiveness of the better ones in times of emergency a police department in a neighboring city not experiencing a disorder may be reluctant to release its forces because of the possibility that trouble may spread although the commission lacks sufficient data to weigh these conflicting factors we believe for several reasons that mutual assistance agreements frequently offer a useful alternative to state aid first leading police officials have recommended them particularly for supplying stopgap aid until needed state forces can be mobilized second there is evidence that these agreements work even in the aftermath of a major disorder in a nearby city a community with a police department of sixty-five was able through a mutual assistance agreement to augment its own department and produce a total force of some three hundred men drawn from the county and from 
thirty-one neighboring communities third we believe basically that a community which demonstrates that it can maintain public order by means of its own resources plus resources from neighboring communities can in the long run more effectively earn the necessary respect from all elements of the community end of section sixty four